whether you're in North or South Carolina or anywhere else in the world, Ear in the Cat Cave with Michael Davis, Ryan Frick, and Shane Smith to listen to your favorite Carolina Panthers podcast, a part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network and powered by the Fans First Sports Network, uh, the place that brings you Believe in Panthers, Embrace Debate, Inside the Vault. Um, and we want to wish everybody not only a happy 40th episode of the Cat Cave, but also a happy Valentine's Day. And so I wanted to introduce my co-hosts that are near and dear to my very special heart. And first up, we have a guy that I was on his wrestling show, Tap Outs and Touchdowns, this week. I believe it dropped a couple nights ago, maybe even yesterday. Um, Ryan Frick, what are you getting me for Valentine's Day this year? I didn't realize we were Valentine's. I actually... um. I got some see the way that my bank account is set up. Um, I got I got to go. I got some money at the check in, and then I got some money. No, I'm not getting you anything, man. And yeah, I appreciate you being on on tab outs and touchdowns uh, this week, but uh, but no, no, no Valentine's gift for you. Maybe maybe Shannon's got something for you. I don't know. So I guess Ryan didn't appreciate me being on tab outs and touchdowns, but that's why we have a second co-host. So my Valentine's Day can be redeemed. We got podcast underscore Smitty. We got my co-partner on the broadcast table with SCC. We got Shan Smith. Shannon, what are you getting me for Valentine's Day, bro? I'm getting you thoughts and prayers is what I'm getting you for Valentine's Day is thoughts and prayers. What are you getting us, Michael Davis? What are you getting us for Valentine's Day? Exactly. That's the question. You well, come in if- here... My heart you, got you broke. You're throwing, throing shade. What are you getting me? My heart got broke. I need broke. to know what, what you're getting us, okay? <laughs> what are you getting us for Valentine's Day? Well, I mean, it appears you guys didn't get me anything, so I guess I'm going to have to use these myself. But what's a better Valentine's Day gift than socks? We got socks <laughs> for Valentine's Day. Um, but I guess I'll have to break these in Bye. myself. See ya. Oh man, that that that's funny because like you know, this ain't oh. Father's Day. You know, you get your dad a pair of socks like every Father's Day. You know, like Father's Day should say, "Get your dad a pair of socks." You'll never see it coming. I mean, really. <laughs> it's a tie. You get your dad a tie on Father's Day. True. Socks. True. Come on, Do guys. That too. <laughs> oh man well we uh we apparently are not exchanging valentine's day gifts these these guys can redeem themselves my half birthday is in 15 days february 29th it only yes, comes okay it only comes once every four years and i didn't really get to celebrate my birthday this past year so we're <laughs> going all out for my half birthday you guys oh. don't have an excuse 15 days from now. <laughs> you guys are, and you guys got to double up since you missed Valentine's Day for me. Whoa, Why are you looking at me like that? Your birthday's on the 29th of February? Yeah. I thought well, that was wow. a joke. I really thought that was a joke, man. I thought you were I playing. thought it was too. <laughs> no. so, so you're going to be birthday, what? You're going to be what? Eight, eight this year? No, you're going to be what? Like four this year? Is that what you said? No. My birthday is <laughs> August 29th. My half oh, birthday, man. six months Boo. in between, is February Boo. 29th. You're lucky Boo. you're hosting tonight because you you would have gotten muted a la around the around the horn right now. Yeah. You're lucky you're hosting yeah. tonight, bud. That was terrible. Well, that was awful. Ho- hopefully, well, I guess 
Hey, you guys better redeem yourselves. You you guys got to you redeem yourself. <laughs> no, no, you're going to stop it. You got to redeem yourself. That's that's what's going to happen tonight. I'm with Ryan on that one, man. You absolutely got to redeem yourself on that. That was whack. Whack Arnold's bad. Just, just, he just, he's just digging that hole deeper, man. That's what he's I'm doing. Done. It's okay. Let's let's I'm let's done. offer Michael some redemption. <laughs> well, as you guys tried to give me a hard time, um, I'm not having a hard time because I did get to enjoy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And, of course, this is a Carolina Panthers podcast um, on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel where our video feed is available. But also, uh, you can listen on Fans First Sports Network, their audio feed. Uh, but we had to at least talk about the biggest game in the NFL uh, a game that the Panthers did not reach, the Cowboys did not reach, the Lions did not reach, but the 49ers did not win. Um, and the 49ers lost in overtime. Uh, that's a little hot debate right there um, to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are the first team since the New England Patriots to go back to back. And no NFL team has went for a three-peat. Uh, but we want to kind of break down this game uh, first for its like initial purpose and then We'll start we touching to? how Carolina get there. Do we have to? Uh, we have to. And actually, Shannon, we're going to let you have the first honors to because uh, because you, you you're a 49ers fan at heart. You don't have the logo behind you this week. But what was your reaction to how the 49ers played this past Sunday? You know, I was very very disappointed once again. Up ten points at halftime, like a la 2020 before the world ended and everything. But up 10 points, I said to myself, up 10 points at halftime, we've been here before. So this is the time to get it right. The 49ers were in the Chiefs' heads that first half. If you were watching that game, you saw that the 49ers were in their heads. They were there. They had their foot on the gas. But once again, this is what happens when you play not to lose instead of playing to win. And I think that's exactly what my guys did was play not to lose. And that was the story of the second half. I said it on this show last week, playoff Mahomes is an animal, a certified animal. And that animal did what he was supposed to do and win that game. When Patrick Mahomes, when, when my boys kicked the field goal and got the three-point lead, it was about a minute and 50-some seconds left. They had the camera on Patrick Mahomes on the bench. That man was sitting like this. He's built for that. If there's anybody that's built for a comeback, and you ask Josh Allen how that was, it's Patrick Mahomes. And that man did exactly what he done. He got his team close enough. He didn't do anything fancy. He didn't do anything to mess up the game. He did what he had to do. And also give credit to Andy Reid with the way that he coached. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got him there, kicked that field goal, went in overtime. And from there, Mahomes did what Mahomes does. I can't say anything bad about the man. Anybody right now can tell you that the debate of quarterback right now, and I don't care what anyone says, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, everybody else. You can fight for second, third, fourth, and fifth. But Patrick Mahomes, a great man, and here I go with the wrestling uh, with the wrestling quotes, 
a great man by the name of Ric Flair said, to be the man, woo, you got to beat the man. And ain't nobody done it yet. Ain't nobody done it yet. Uh, the Chiefs win back-to-back. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles last year, beat the 49ers this year in overtime. Uh, Ryan, what were your initial thoughts? Because especially, like, thinking that this game ended in overtime, I'm hearing from some, like, 49ers players, they didn't even, like, know the overtime rules, even though that wouldn't have really affected how the game turned out. So, for starters, uh, there is a team that beat the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Ah, There's your NFC North champion, no, Detroit Lions. No, 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 uh, no. They beat, no. They beat the, the Chiefs in uh, in week one. But, no. listen, I you know, when overtime came, uh, first and foremost, before, before I get the overtime rules and, and that controversy, I do want to mention the fact that Kansas City all year – had a very sneaky, strong defense. Yes. And it, it it played that way in this game. This game was not a good football game going into the fourth quarter, and the fourth quarter turned it into a decent football game. It was sloppy. There were turnovers. There were drop passes. Patrick Mahomes didn't look like Mahomes through three quarters. despite And he had over 300 passing yards. He was the MVP. But it was probably the ugliest 300 passing game I've ever seen. Now, going to the overtime rules, as a matter of fact, as we headed to overtime, I was over with my friend uh, Banker Bill, who you can see on the football shows on Tab House and Touchdowns. I was at his house watching the game. And I'm the one that mentioned, you know what? This is the first time that there's the rule changes overtime. If they score a touchdown, the other team gets to come back. It's like, no, nah, that's not true. And I'm like, no. What you don't remember is that a few years ago, the Bills gave the ball to Kansas City. Kansas City scored a touchdown. And everybody went, went eight blank over the fact that, that Buffalo didn't have a chance to come back and get the ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call it the Buffalo Bill overtime rule because of that game, that rule changed. So when Baker Bill was like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And I'm like, all right, dude, if you say so. And he looked it up like, you know what? No, his, his sister, Tara, shout out Tara Tomer. She looked it up and sure enough, everything that I said was right. He said, oh, wow. Okay, I guess you're right. That's the a difference first. is, yeah, <laughs> shut up. The, the difference is, <laughs> Like it's a family show. I was about to say something a lot uglier. The, the difference is, is that I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a podcaster. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a football fanatic, and I knew the rules. If an NFL team collectively doesn't know their own overtime rules or their own game rules, there's no excuse. It's on coaching. No, no excuse. Uh, apparently, Kansas City had gone over the new overtime rules multiple times with the team before leading up into the game. If, mm-hmm. if somebody claims that they didn't know the rules, they're either lying or they're poorly coached. And yep. let's be honest, Mike Shanahan has been on the receiving end of comeback victories multiple times in the playoffs. He In the he, Super Bowl. Now, yeah. In the Super Bowl. He, he, was, he was the offensive coordinator for the greatest collapse in Super Bowl history with the Atlanta Falcons. And now he's done it again, a 10-point lead with the Chiefs. Uh, over the Chiefs and, and gave it away. So, um, listen, the 49ers are the 19, like the early 90s, the, the the 90 to 95 Buffalo Bills. They know how to get to the Super Bowl. They just don't know how to win it. And the, this this 49ers, if you want to call it a 49ers dynasty, only because it is that team that is every year in, a year out, they're, they're competing for the Super Bowl. The only difference is, uh, you know, the only difference between the, the Niners and the Cowboys or the fact that the Niners have actually gotten the Super Bowls. But the Niners, sorry, Shannon, the Niners, okay, when push hey, comes to shove, to, is you going to collapse like they did in the Super Bowl. 
Niners. All, all, all signs pointed to the fact that that the, uh, the, the, the Niners should have won this game. Then you lose yes. Dre Greenlaw in the first half, running onto the field. I, I've said it multiple times when the Niners skill players get hurt. It means bad things for the for that offense. Debo Samuel went down with another hamstring injury. Go figure. George Kittle got hurt late in this game. He yep. relied on Christian McCaffrey so much that come second half, he couldn't run the ball. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, I, I don't want to say that the Niners are poorly coached because poorly co- coached teams do not make the Super Bowl. But if you do not know the rules of overtime in going into the Super Bowl, if you do not know all the rules that you need to know. If you cannot hold on to a 10-point lead in the biggest game of the year, I mean, I'm saying that knowing that Dan Campbell gave away a 17-point lead to the same 49ers in the NFC Championship game, uh, you've got to make some adjustments. You've got to make some changes. You've got to let someone else come and influence the team, and that's and that's ultimately, if it's true and, and, the, and the players really didn't know the rules, shame on Mike Shanahan, shame on, 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 on the, the, the 49ers coaching staff, Including Steve Wilkes, uh, it's shame on all of them for not um, getting their players more well versed, uh, right. knowing the rules going into the biggest games of, of their lifetime. And you know, Dan Campbell said it when they lost the NFC Championship game. Might might have been their only chance. This might have been the last chance for the 49ers to make the Super Bowl. We don't know. Oh, it's it's, it's hard be. to win a Super Bowl. It's going to be. I mean, because especially with Brandon Ayuk's uh, contract coming up. Debo Samuel has another uh, year, I believe, in his contract. Well, his contract's already been done. This team is going to have to – there's going to be some money thrown around. Now with Brock Purdy being – looking like he may be the franchise quarterback, he's going to want more money. He's the least – he's the lowest-paid quarterback in the NFL right now. So he's going to want some money. I mean, I don't think Brock is going to be, like, asking for Justin Herbert-type money, but yet still they're going to have to pay the man. So that says a lot. Yeah, and I think that's why the 49ers roster is so good as it is, is because Brock Purdy's done as well as he has, and he's caught in a lot of, you know, just, I'll, I'll say crap. Like, he's caught a lot of crap for yes. just being the last pick of the draft. Like, and people are discrediting what he's doing, and guys, like. The first rounder. They're judging like he's a first-round pick. They're judging him like he's Baker Mayfield or or Zach Wilson, those guys who were picked in the first and round. Two, and it, and no in two years, he's made two NFC Championship games. That's all he's exactly. done. And those yeah. guys have got nothing. He Eight quarterbacks were picked in front of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, um, Kenny Pickett, and um, Skylar Thompson are the only three quarterbacks that made it out of that that class of quarterbacks there. Two of them are out of the league right now. That's that wild. is wild. That's wild to so think about. Everything. I mean, Kenny Pickett was a Heisman Trophy uh, finalist. Mm-hmm. In your pit, and he's the only one that's gotten to a Super Bowl out of eight guys or seven quarterbacks who picked in front of him. So what can that's you incredible. say? What yeah. can you say? I mean, he does. He does have that team around him, but I mean, he does at the same time. Right. Like you're right. You can't discredit a quarterback for being the last pick. But here's what I don't understand. Right here, this here's what I don't understand. Nobody gave Montana any crap with the squad that he had. Uh, Mike, no one gave Troy Aikman the crap that he had with the squad that he had. So this is what I don't get. When you start talking about how many, oh, he has all these weapons around him. He has all these guys around him. He's got these all pros around him. No, duh. Look at the Super Bowl teams that we've had. There's maybe 
I would probably say with the the Giants, the New York Giants, the squad that beat Tom Brady twice, mm-hmm. maybe there was only one All-Pro on that offense, and that was Eli Manning, more than likely. I mean, he had good receivers around him. Yes, he did. But that defense, that whole defense with OCU Manura and Michael Strahan on that defensive side of the ball was what won that game for them twice because they knew how to get to Tom Brady. But there's nothing being said about these teams that had dynamite offenses, and the Bills had dynamite offenses as well, too, even though they couldn't win the Super Bowl in the years that the Cowboys were running it around that early 90s. So there's nothing to be said about this. So you're going to talk about, okay, you want to put Brock Purdy with that uh, Panthers offense and see what he does? Nobody, and I mean nobody, can be put with that Panthers offense and actually put up the numbers. We've talked about it all, we've talked about it all year. We talked about that. So what do you want to do? Do you want to put him with a squad that is not great, but and then you want to complain about him when there's nobody around him? Like we've been complaining about Bryce Young not having anybody around him on this very show. We're having this discussion, but you're going to get a seventh-round guy who exceeded expectations, by the way, beat out a first-rounder that was drafted a year ahead of him. But yet this is what we're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I feel like Brock Purdy has done good, and he should yeah. get more credit. Um, yeah. But I don't honestly like I can't I can't shake this over time debacle. No, I can't either from my mind because when I heard here, that, here, when I heard that, I was embarrassed. When I heard that, what, I was hurt. What, Shan? It's it's an excuse because it is an like, excuse. Let, right. Let's say it was normal overtime rules. You go down, they kick a field goal. Okay, mm-hmm. well, the other team has the chance to match it, and the other team scored touchdown, so that meant it would have been over even with the regular season overtime rules. The reason why I say that is because you guys are professionals. Okay, let me open up myself to everybody here. I'm a correctional officer. I've been a sergeant for a year. I've worked in the uh, prison system for eight years. I have to know policy especially with a crew that I have. I have a crew. I'm a supervisor. If one of my guys comes to me and I look at him and say, well, I didn't know that. What's that going to tell my guys around me, mm-hmm. my, my crew that I have? Whoa, dang, Sarge doesn't know what he's doing. Sarge doesn't have a clue about policy. What, what are we going to do? So I can't sit here and tell my guys that. I, I can't do that. I need to be learning this stuff. So, yes. You're absolutely correct. I'm not making an excuse for my squad. Yes, shame on them as a coaching staff. When you got players in front of microphones telling the Jane and Joe public that they didn't know the rules of overtime and you get to the biggest game of the year, that's one of the first things I'm looking at. Yeah, I got strategy over here. Yeah, I got to get my players ready. But let me go to these guys and say, okay, so what's the rules? So are we still doing this like a regular game? What is it? And it's this isn't the first time that a team has claimed not to know the rules. I wish I knew the exact reference, but this is not the first time that something went down in a game and then the, the, the players came out afterwards and said, oh, I didn't know this rule. It's happened right. before. Mm-hmm. It's just never happened in the Super Bowl. Right. Like that's because what is so never... big. I, yeah. I, I I call I call garbage. I don't think I don't think it's true. I think no. Uzcheck was just looking for an excuse because the Niners were expecting to go down a field and, and score a touchdown, and they didn't. Exactly. And so exactly. hindsight being 2020. They up on the other, you know, with shoe on the other foot, they would have kicked off and then tried to come and match Kansas City's touchdown instead. So it's 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 an excuse, it's a cop out, 
It is. Uh, and, and it all points back to the fact that they're just, I don't want to call them sore losers. Uh, but I, I do think that it's just, it's, it's an excuse to alleviate some of the, the guilt and pressure uh, that the the Niners are are facing after giving up a lead and yes. losing in overtime. That's all it is. That's all it, it is. is. It is same on them, same on them guys. Come on, y'all are professionals. You're better than that. And and they they are better than that. And at the end of the day, they're professional football teams. They're all responsible for the work they put in the off season, what they produce on the field, and if they make the playoffs, they're responsible for that. Yes. And lives, careers, jobs are on the line. Um, one, one thing that's been very critical is Panther fans saw two former Carolina Panthers as early as 2022 Carolina Panthers uh, contributors in Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, and MVP candidate Christian McCaffrey for the San Francisco 49ers as well. Um of, of course, the 49ers fell short in the Super Bowl. But I don't know, guys. Like, if 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 I saw, if, if my heart's with the Cowboys and I saw, like, two guys who were, like, instrumental in my team go to a Super Bowl the year after they left, and not even they left by choice. They were forced they were out by Panthers management. Hey, mm-hmm. you got to go. Like, there's no, there's no other level of disrespect that you could actually have um, Ryan, I'll pose this to you. you like, were your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey and Steve Wilkes competing in the Super Bowl? Were you happy to see them there? Um, and do you think the Panthers organization is better off that they've moved on? Or should they have kept these guys in, in this new Panther regime? Listen, I, I, I'm happy to see McCaffrey there, right? Like, even, even as, as, as disappointed as I was to see the, the Niners beat the Lions, uh, I, I, I'm rooting for Christian McCaffrey, right? I've got a Funko pop of him upstairs as a Panther. Um, I, I was happy to see him there. And, you know, again, I was rooting for San Francisco with Javon Kinlaw, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. Like, it was a no-brainer. That's who I'm rooting for in the Super Bowl. Um, Steve Wilkes, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent about. It's not like I'm up. I was. It's not like I'm up, upset that he was in the Super Bowl. It's not like I was happy for him that he was in the Super Bowl. I've been on record to say that they, the Panthers should have went with him in the first place, and we wouldn't have had the fiasco season that we had this year. Whether or not we they, they went on to draft uh, uh, Bryce Young or or, or whoever, um, I think Steve Wilkes got a got a, a, a you know. He had a rough go at it here. He should have. He should have been hired as the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and he didn't. So you know, good for him to be able to rub it in the David Tepper's face. Anything, anytime that you can do that, it's awesome. Um, and, and to go back to it, I you know, with McCaffrey, you know, it wasn't a bad move because they loaded up on draft capital. They were able to to put something together so they could have built from it. A la the Detroit Lions. You got to remember they had an the Lions had an extra first round pick this year because of their trade with with the the Los Angeles Rams that sent Matt Stafford to Los Angeles and brought Jared Goff to Detroit. So they had an extra first-round pick in last year's draft, which afforded them the ability to get both Sam Laporta, I'm sorry, Brian Burns, and uh, Jameer Gibbs in the first round. So um, I don't think the Panthers organization's better off without the two of them. Ezra Evero proved to be a, a, a phenomenal defensive coordinator yeah, we were bottom of the league in some statistical categories, but he still shows the shows the ability to be able to get there. 
Uh, you know, if the offense was able to produce anything in any of the games, we wouldn't have had what two or three wins, whatever they two wins, whatever they finished with the season. Um, you know, I don't think McCaffrey would have made a better contribution than anybody else on the team. Obviously, McCaffrey's better than anybody we have on the roster, but without McCaffrey being traded away, we don't have the draft capital to go get Bryce Young. We don't know what this team looks like. Um, kudos to, to at the time, Panthers brass, brass to know that we're, we want we want Christian McCaffrey to have an opportunity to win, and it's not going to happen here because we're too incompetent to get it right. So kudos to both he and Steve Wilkes for making the Super Bowl as former Panthers um, because they, they both deserve better in Carolina. And who knows, maybe Christian McCaffrey will get a ring at some point um, if, if the Niners can just get it out of their own way when it comes to the postseason. And especially with the shelf life for running backs. Uh, McCaffrey did get to play in a Super Bowl. Uh, once again, the 49ers fell short. But we have like just a couple minutes left here in the cat cave, but I would be remiss without mentioning that the Carolina Panthers Super Bowl odds came out this week. Uh, Carolina Panthers have the worst odds to reach the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl next year. Um, I'm going to read it on the bottom ticker. It's plus two five zero zero zero. I had to break it down so Ryan could understand. Plus two five zero zero zero. All right, twenty five thousand. Okay. Um, just had to break it down. We only have a couple minutes left, so Bully Rye can't come out. Um, but I'm going to pose this to Shan. In, in a quick summary, is it fair or unfair that Carolina has the worst odds to reach the Super Bowl? Or is there a team out there that deserves that, uh, un, that unfortunate circumstance? Sadly, numbers do not lie. The Carolina Panthers are absolutely, positively supposed to be at the very bottom. I hate it with a passion. I really do. I would love for a team from the NFC West that's not San Francisco to be down there because of my affinity and my hate for the NFC West. I don't even want the Cowboys down there. I really don't. But um, you got to look at it like that. You know, numbers are numbers, and it is what it is. The way the Panthers played this year and the way that it was, you got to look at them and see. You know, I know that this is based off of what we just saw this year. And we don't know what free agency and the draft have to do with anything because things can change in a matter of months. But as of right now, the Panthers should be at the very bottom. Yes, they should. Sadly. Ryan, do you feel the same way? They deserve the distinction. Um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to do the math on my own. If plus 25,000 means if I bet a dollar, then I'll win $25,000 because that's the case. I'm going to go put a dollar on the Panthers next year. Like, I mean, what's I'm losing a dollar and I went 25 grand, dude. Like, I'm there, but they, of course, they deserve distinction that that distinction. They're the worst team in the NFL this year. They don't have a first round pick. They're not going to get much better next year. I mean, this is a three to four year build, a la what the Lions have done with Dan Campbell. It is not going to be anytime soon that the Panthers are going to get any better. And the unfortunate part about it is if two years from now we come to the realization that Bryce Young was the wrong pick then it's going to be even longer before the Panthers are going to be, a, 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 you know, any competition for just for the NFC South, much less the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, it's, they, they deserve it. It's, it's completely fair. Playoffs. There's not a team. There's not an organ. And this is, this, this pains me to say, 
because all the ragging that I've done on the Browns, the Texans, the Raiders over the years, the Panthers are the worst organization in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And it, there's one person to thank for it. And I'm getting to the point where I don't want to say his name anymore because, like Beetlejuice, he's going to show up. <laughs> I'd love, listen, I'd love for him to be on the show, but David Tepper loves to loves to deflect and not answer questions about how inept he is to running this franchise, uh, despite doubling the 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 value of the team. The difference is is that if you go to the grocery store, everything costs twice as much. So what has he really done with the Panthers other than and take take advantage of, na- of of crippling debt and national inflation? He's doing like Jed York did to us after my guys won the Super Bowl. After 2012, my guys terrible. Went through three coaches in 2016. Y'all actually lost the Super Bowl. Just Man. saying. Yeah. Y'all lost the Super Bowl again that year. And once again, we had a boy wonder quarterback named Colin Kaepernick. That, you know, of course, you know, we had that happen. We had an heir apparent at that time. But at one point in time, the 49ers were the worst team in North America in 2016. So at least the Panthers haven't gotten that just yet. So what David Tepper has done is basically what the York family did with us. And then they hired John Lynch. Hopefully this hire of, of uh, Dan, Dan Morgan. Morgan is going to do something for the Panthers because th- this can't get any worse before it gets better. But it, well, like what Ron said, if Bryce Young is proven to be the worst the pick that they shouldn't have went with, if C.J. Stroud has another great year like he did this year where he exceeded expectations, then we're really going to be in a pickle. We're going to be doing a cat cave. We're going to be older, and we're going to be sitting back here like, why did we make this pick? Real well, quick, before be, you go uh, on, you said it couldn't get any worse. The 0-16 Lions would like to have a word. Please, Michael, go. Con- <laughs> I mean, I, I was about to say there was a – the only way – direction they could go is up because they are the worst team in the NFL last and year. the 2-14 49ers would like a word with you as well, too, with uh, Chip I, Kelly as our dadgum coach. He was garbage. Oh, man. I loved garbage. Chip Kelly when he was in Philly. He um, was garbage. But – Atlanta might be that team next year. New England might be that team next year. Um, we're going to have a fun field offseason for you in the Cat Cave. The Super Bowl may have been this past Sunday. We may have about six months away from football, but there's always content. We're going to break down some division teams. We're going to break down what the Panthers need to do in free agency, the draft. And then before you know it, we'll be back in training camp. But Until next week, you can exit the Cat Cave, but you can listen to more content by myself, Ryan Frick, and Shane Smith on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina-centric podcasts on the Keep Pound Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. We will see you all in the Cat Cave next week.